Visioneers and welcome to Small Business Celebration. We're continuing our series on small business owners that not only survived the last recession, but thrive from it. And our guests this week, well, they can see the forest through the trees. This is Small Business Celebration. Join us as we learn from successful business owners and successful business leaders about who they are, from where their business has grown, what they have learned, and where their successful business is going. I'm your host, Michael I. Roberts, and we're going to learn something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. Hello, Visioneers, and welcome to Small Business Celebration. And our guest this week is Jerry White, the owner of White Forest Nursery. Welcome to Small Business Celebration. Well, thank you very much. It's great to be here. And for those who don't know who you are, tell us who you are and what is that you do. Fantastic. So there's two of you who probably do not know who I am. So <laughs> my name is Jerry White. And with my lovely wife, Rita, I own White Forest Nursery. We've been doing this for about 56 years, so we've been here a time or two, and hopefully we have a great place for people to come, enjoy, and really have a good time. You are second generation. That is correct, number and two. You inherited this business from your parents, and what is the business like now that's different than when your parents first had it? It's significantly different. You know, when my parents uh, bought this place, or they actually started it from scratch, and it was a great year because it was nice because it was a rainy year, yeah. and we'd had one of the first butler buildings to be built in town, uh -huh. uh, and it didn't get built on time. So the <laughs> first winter, it was neat because they bought an old army tent, uh -huh. and since it was so nice and wet, it means that the water came through the, the north end of the tent and came right down the middle through the south. In. It was beautiful. Automatic irrigation. Absolutely. Didn't have to worry about a thing. <laughs> the other thing about this site is we're on clay soil. Uh -huh. Do you know what happens with clay soil? Uh, I believe it hardens and becomes like a brick. Yes, but in the wet weather, actually, you grow taller as you walk. <laughs> And you tend to leave a pair of shoes or two behind. <laughs> shoes like glue in yeah, the in mud. So the customers didn't mind too much at that time. <laughs> so in all seriousness, what has changed is the consumer and the expectations of the consumers, no doubt about mm. it. I mean, uh, back 50, 60 years ago, it was assumed you're going to get dirty going to the nursery. You know, it's plants and it's dirt and that's about it. Right. But that's really evolved. The expectations of the consumer have significantly changed. Mm. We better have a very clean environment, number one. We don't want to be dirty. Right. Even though we're in the soil, that's not dirty. That's soil, so it's different. Right. And we have expectations of having things that we want, that we're looking for, be there when we want them. So a little bit of a challenge, trying to anticipate demand, to be able to provide the products and provide the information people need to be successful. And you've been doing this business for 57 years. Yeah, something like that. Give or take a month or week or That's year. That's right. I there was one day that I got to take off. That's <laughs> one right. day. Can't, that can't one count. day. That's one day. Was that day in 2007? That was, no, 2007 was fine. It's okay. when we got to the 2008 edge. You oh, know, well, that's well, it. What happened? Well, I, it, it, things stopped. What? I know, it was great because people no longer wanted gift items, you know, all this stuff. No, 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 we could not buy those. Right. People did not want any just flowering shrubs, but they did want edibles. And ah. so this industry has really been great about that because we have many different aspects of it. So fruit trees, for example, and vegetables and that type of thing, 
in times that are tough, and we're not just talking 2007, 2008, or even now, mm -hmm. uh, at other times too, and people tend to move to that. You know, mm. think the Victory Gardens from World War II and that right. type of thing. So this nation's always moved in times of stress or times of difficulty to that kind of thing. Okay. Is that one of the lessons that you learned prior to the 2008 recession and knew beforehand? So when you went into a recession like we're having now, to stock up more on plants and that are more edibles? Yes, and that was, we saw a huge boom. I mean, it was a four to five times increase in demand. Mm. And so that's fine. So yes, we stocked up. We anticipated that more people would be wanting it. But that's for double demand. That's probably okay. Triple, maybe you get by. But you can get to four to five times, the supply chain breaks down. Ah. So you don't have stuff available. It's the thing is, is uh, vegetables, for example. People just were goo-goo for vegetables this year, and they should be. Right. And the neat thing is that generation that had really not gotten into gardening is now, and they're hopefully enjoying the fruits of their labor. But um, boom. Yes. <laughs> but, the, but the deal is, if indeed you can't anticipate that and the uh, supply chain breaks down, then you don't have what you need all the time. So we were fortunate enough, we've been in a long time, was able to source from many different places and to be able to have supply when people wanted it. But a lot of other uh, nurseries or garden centers in the United States did not. So let's talk about sourcing for yes. a moment here, because this is something that often gets overlooked initially yes. until you're in a panic situation where right. you're running out of things. How have you been able to develop those relationships with multiple vendors and multiple sources so that when you hit a panic, like the one that you're having right now where you're having 300, 400% growth, yes. uh, which is a blessing and a curse. It is. How, I'm not complaining. It's just how did you go, how did you do that? How did you figure out those sources so that you can get what you need so that your customers can be happy? Well, you know, that's a good question. And, and people in business ought to be listening to this because it's really important to be uh, kind to your suppliers. I know lots and lots of businesses come in, hey, you know, you're, you're a salesman, you're, you're really, you're wasting my time. Right. That's not really true. They're offering you profit opportunities. Mm. And maybe you don't need it today, but you might need it tomorrow or you might need it in crisis times. You matter, you've got to be able to draw on these sources. So we use companies that we use off and on mm -hmm. to a much higher extent. Mm. And while they didn't have anything, a great deal anyway, they had something that somebody else did not have. So by sourcing to multiple different areas, we were able to have a diversity that, that kept the consumer happy. White Forest is a standalone business. Yes. It's not a chain. That, the, right. That, that was the chain around the no, <laughs> Different thing. Gosh. <laughs> But in order to do, in order to have these sources, yes, uh, you have to also expand your network that as far as right. connections. How have you done that so that you can call other nurseries and find out other sources that they're using, or how have you been able to find sources that you didn't know that you needed until now? Well. The, that's a great question, you know, and going from business to business, some industries uh, really talk a lot between each other, mm -hmm. and this industry is kind of hit and miss. Uh, in this town, we talk fairly well. Mm -hmm. I know some places, like in the Bay Area, they'll have weekly meetings between all the owners and they'll talk about it. So that is a key. If you can develop those relationships, that's a big deal. However, again, being kind to your salesman. You know, if indeed they've got too much demand for what they have supply, they're gonna designate where to put that product. Mm. So if you're a guy that was really rude to them and you just, gee, gosh, you don't really wanna to talk to them and all that type of thing, <laughs> and the time you really, oh, I really need this, they're gonna go. Exactly. And they did, and they ah. did. 
or they go through and they charge you 300% what they would have normally charged you. There could be that. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the next segment, we're going to talk a little about things that you're doing right now that you're having the opportunity to do now that you haven't in the past. But before we do that, if Visionary Nation wanted to get in touch with you, how do they do that? They can come in to see me at White Forest Nursery. That's right, we're at 300 Morning Drive, we're right next to Foothill High School. Or you can give us a call at 661-366-6291. Or email us at contact at whiteforestnursery.com. And that's something we should talk about later too, is about the email and the communication. So when we come back, we'll talk about that. Sounds good. Do you think you have a business that can't be sold in the age of COVID-19? How about the Noriego Hotel? Sold. How about Brits Diesel and Automotive? Sold. How about Two Fat Sandwich Franchise on Stockdale Highway? Sold. Turn your hard-earned business into gold by calling Sunbelt Business Brokers and Advisors at 661-323-2358 or visit them at their website at www.sunbeltnetwork.com forward slash bakersfield CA and don't let your business go to waste. Call Sunbelt Business Brokers and Advisors at 661-323-2358 today. We're here with Jerry White, the owner of White Forest Nursery, and this business today is considerably different than when your parents first started the business. You know, How really so? is. It's huge, it's night and day. Not only do people not tolerate their shoes being left in the mud like we talked about before, <laughs> is the way that you interact with them is so much different. How so? Well, right now as the new generations come up, they're really technologically inclined. Mm. You know, the baby booners who have been really the mainstay of this industry for years are getting older and they can't do it. And so the new millennials and XYZ and whatever you want to go generation right. is really focused on the technology. Mm. What's kind of neat about the COVID is that a lot of those individuals who were not introduced to growing and gardening and, and that type of thing in biology uh, have found a lot of free time. Hmm. And so they have gone into it. They started growing vegetables and fruit trees and gee, gosh, wouldn't it be nice to have this flower in the way. And by the way, I'm out here and it's hot. <laughs> Let's put a tree up. There's no air conditioning outside. It's amazing. You know, you can blow the wind. I, and I've, done, I've tried really hard. I've turned my air conditioning up in the building just full force trying to cool it out. It doesn't Nothing. work. No, no, no. pg and happy, but I'm not. <laughs> so really we have found that we need to communicate differently. And so where we have done newspaper in the past, not so much anymore. And right. we still do, by the way, but not to a greater extent. And the result is not the same. Right. And then down the road, it was emails. Emails, uh, you know, five, ten years ago was a big deal. People opened their emails then. Right. You know, it's a new concept for listeners and viewers, but <laughs> it did happen once upon a time. Right, right, right. But really, that's more evolved into social media at this point. Oh, and, how so? Well, Facebook for sure. You know, okay. the, the, the older generations kick the younger generation out of Facebook. So right, right. they're uh, doing that now. And so that's where they're learning and they're communicating. They're actually interacting with their neighbors and friends, whether they be locally or, you know, across the nation. Right. But, you know, Instagram and all the new ones, TikTok, those things are up and coming and they're going to be different. And, and in three years from now, it will be different from that. Right. But as a business, if we're not cognizant of that, if we're not keeping up with that type of technology and we cannot communicate to our customers, then we're dead. Right. And the COVID really brought that to the front mm. because 
People were sequestering, there's no doubt about it, and communication was difficult. Lots of different information. Yes, you're closed. Yes, you're open, you know, and that type of thing. And then a few people would call and say, are you open? Right. Okay, it was 2000, but whatever. <laughs> well, as I call. recall, there was a line of cars down the block during, at one point. We were, we were very fortunate, there's no doubt about right. it, because people did shift to this. And just getting the message out that we do have a safe environment. We've got five acres here, you know? Right. Social distancing, like you, gosh, what are you, about 100 feet away from me right about now? So, right, right. you know, there's no problem. That's why we're not wearing a mask right now. Sure. But the thing is, just to let them know that we're open is a big deal. The second thing we did, we popped a lot of videos out of how to do and projects and that type of thing. You know, what's never happened in the history of anybody can remember is the kids were home all year. Oh, great. This is a very long summer vacation we had <laughs> yeah. here, and without summer school, by the way. Right. So finding projects that were safe, that were good learning experiences, that were really good for the kids, as well as the adults, because they tended to learn at the same time, by the way, sure, was a big deal. And so we had projects on growing vegetables in, in a container. We had projects on, on, on uh, growing an herb garden, on a salsa garden, a pizza garden. That brought a lot of interest. <laughs> Somehow kids really love growing the pizza mm. garden. But providing opportunities and being alert and being nimble to be able to find out what the environment was out there. And we did find that the, I observed that the, the psyche of our consumer changed very, very radically and rapidly. It went from, okay, this is no big deal, to, oh my goodness, don't breathe on me, to, okay, I'm okay, to, again, right. uh, really, I'm really afraid. And they should be. I mean, there's lots of things to be concerned about. But we need to provide an opportunity for them to feel safe, to have something to do. Not only is it wonderful to do to get a project done, but we have for decades documented, the industry has documented, the advantages of the physical labor. It really brings a lot and does lots to your endorphins. More to your psyche. You know, there's many doctors out there that garden because they're in a very high stress position. As you garden, you really, there's this connection with the earth, connection right. with the soul. And it truly is makes a difference. So when you're sitting there and you're social distance and you're sitting there and your, your psyche is going wacky, this is an industry that can help you out. One of the things that you're also doing is you're reaching out to the new millennial XYZ, JK, P generations. And I think you, you got them all. <laughs> and you're creating an app yes. for those generations. And what does that app do and why have you made it? Well, that's a great question. You know, what's critical in this industry is for people to be successful. If somebody goes out and they put a, put a plant in the ground and it dies, they're going to go, eh, okay. Okay, yeah, a lot of the stores will refund your money and that type of thing. But if my vision, if my idea was to put two shade trees in the ground because I wanted to have a hammock stretched between them there, and one of, even one of those shade trees dies, I got a brown thumb. Right. And I'll probably never do it again. Mm. And so if you do not have success for the consumer, for the customer, for that person wanting to plant, then they're not going to be doing it again. Right. Maybe they would 20, 30 years down the road, but they're lost because I've got a brown thumb and I've got other things to do. Right. So what is really critical in this industry is to provide information to be successful. Mm. And so what's difficult about that is that, you know, the, the, 
the great generation and the baby boomers, they did gardening and they had passed along from their grandparents or parents and had an idea what to do. And I don't know about you, but in my kindergarten class, we grew a, a, a seed, corn seed to watch things grow. Right. Those things don't happen so much. So there's been a recent change to try to get it back. Right. But what's happened, there's been a disconnect in generations. Mm. So they don't know about gardening. They do not know about life, really. Because right. gardening is about life. Right. Whether it be new, uh, nurturing your grandmother, or throwing her in the rest home and not seeing her again, or <laughs> going through and nurturing and, and trying to keep them alive and healthy. Right. So what we know is that we have to become more teachers. It's very important, and I think this is true for any industry, is you need to educate people about the group of things that you have passion for, the group of uh, things that you do as a business. And if you can do that, provide the information and provide success, now you've created lifetime consumers, people who really love it, they really want to get going and will see the benefits and they'll reap those benefits of physical and mental health and that type of thing. It also sounds like in the process of creating this app, is you've taken what you enjoy, what you're passionate about, and you're sharing it with others so you can give them your passion and your joy and information on how to do what you like to do. And that's a big deal. I mean, you want correct information. Everybody's got their cell phone, they can pull out and get some information. Right. What I have found, I've been doing kind of a survey, I, I, I find about, oh, almost half of it's right. Okay. Most of it's not. <laughs> <laughs> so, and so you have to get correct information, you know, even going to other stores sometimes, you'll, you'll go to stores, and, and this industry has changed in the fact that the expertise even within the industry, even at nurseries, is less than it was 20, 30, 40 years ago. Because those people, those men and women, were passionate about it, and it was their lifelong uh, advocacy. Well, I don't know very many lifelong advocacies out there anymore. And you know, typical job is about a year and a half, two years, and you're going and jumping, and, and that's just the way it happens. So this industry is a little different in that it's very technically oriented. It doesn't seem like it's difficult to take a little cutting, stick it in the ground, and, and go on and sell that. That's, that's all there is to do, by the way. Right. No. Along with that, <laughs> maybe the biology in the soil. You know, this is things that we didn't know about 30, 40 years ago. And that's what a company that we spun off called Green as it Gets is all about. It's providing opportunity, providing the, taking those uh, variables out of the equation. So I'm an engineer. My wife really loves that, by the way. <laughs> you can ask her. <laughs> but... You know, if I can remove the variables so I can make people successful, then I know what we'll do is that we'll get lifelong gardeners and people that can really have those benefits that are there. What's the name of the app so Visioneer Nation can... It's called Planting Pals. PlantingPal.com. PlantingPals.com. Okay. And what Planting Pal, singular, does for you okay. is that it takes those variables out. So here's how it works. When you simply you go to a store, you're buying plants online or whatever, you can just go to plantingpal.com and then you put in the, pick the nursery that you're close to or the participating uh, sponsor on it there. And you put in the quantity of each plant size you have. So I've got three one gallon size and a couple five gallons. You put those in and hit next and out comes the shopping list. Tells you the things that are necessary to make those plants th thrive and be successful. More than that is, I don't know about you, but I've done a whole lot of research on this and I'll tell everybody how to do it. And, you know, you dig your hole twice as wide, twice as deep. You want to make sure you mix in the soil and you, get in, and you put in the planting mix and you, go in and you know what they hear? What? 
Yes. <laughs> so if I ask them about it within about 30 seconds, I get pretty good uh, reef turn and it's fairly right. close. I wait about five minutes and that's eh, garbled. And by the time they go out the gate, they've forgotten it all. Oh no, they still have 10%. Oh, okay. <laughs> Envision your nation, go visit plantingpal.com .com to get more information on this. And I'll bet you didn't know that Jerry was once on TV. And we'll explore some more of that when we come right back. Can you believe our 100th episode is right around the corner? Neither can I. But who would you like to see as our guest here on Small Business Celebration's 100th episode? Well, if you've got a thought, leave their name in the comment section below. And your guest of your choice could be here on Small Business Celebration for our 100th episode. So leave your thoughts in the comment section below. And who knows? Your guest could be our guest here on Small Business Celebration's 100th episode. We're here with Jerry White, the owner of White Forest Nursery, and I understand you have a voice for radio. That's right, Doc. You know, we did lots of the radio. So we had a radio show for about 14 years. You know, it was the and garden did, party radio show. What did you guys talk about? All things gardening. Okay. No, it was a call-in radio show. Okay. So people call with garden questions and we were there to answer. And it's interesting because you have to become familiar with the various areas of the United States or around the world for that matter. We had right. people call from Japan, from Hawaii, throughout the Midwest, through, uh, and we were a regionally syndicated show. So we talked to lots and thousands of folks at a time. But the key was to keep interest. You know, it was a show. We wanted to be something that would be interactive, number one, that people would learn, yes, but it's still gotta be interesting. And you want something that you don't become the cure for insomnia. <laughs> that was the number one thing. Right. And it was really neat. Um, so what it did teach me was the ability to ask the right questions. Mm. I could not see their problem. I wasn't experienced with their problem. I did not know what they had because they were just calling it blindly. I didn't have any prompts. Right. So you had to be able to inquire, you know, what's your problem, what plant it is, and, and people don't know. Right. So if you don't bring that out, you can't give the proper diagnosis and to make, again, those people successful. Sure. This current COVID situation was a big lesson for you here at the nursery. What is, what is the big takeaway so far that, you've, that has fundamentally changed the way you do business? You know, that's a great question. And, and it's something as business people we all need to understand. We have to be very sensitive to our uh, clients' disposition, to their needs, to how they want to do business. So there's many people, even today, even this is what, five months after onset or so, and people today still, I have talked to people that have not gotten out of their house for five months. Mm. So I don't know about you, but my mental psyche would be a little bit uh, off That's if cute, that was yeah. the case. It definitely becomes skewed. So they become a lot more reactive, mm. a lot more demanding because they are very, very sensitive. I had somebody, and so we learned to do uh, phone orders. We learned to do curbside pickups, no touch type uh, deliveries. And even with all that effort, and uh, we, we put out emails and, and, and videos and everything to make people aware that that was available. But even with all that effort, people still don't get the message. Just a couple days ago, I had somebody come in and they did a call for a curbside pickup. And you know, we brought the tree out, we had the payment done, we had all everything done, and we set it in the, in the pickup zone. And they came in and waited. 
didn't call, didn't send anybody, we didn't know they were there, and they were just absolutely upset after about 15 minutes that we did not take care of them properly. Well, you know. You didn't know they were there. Didn't know they were there. Can't do anything about it. Right. So what that brings to light is the attitude of the consumer. You have to know what they want, whether it be a nursery business or whether it be the laundry or whether it be the, the restaurant, whatever. You've got to change. And those that do not will not be here uh, months from now, years from now including the nurseries that chose to close. And that was COVID. a big deal. You know, back at the start of COVID-19, uh, we were kind of an unusual industry in that we were not on the, uh, the essentials list and we weren't on the one that, to close. So we were right in the cracks. Right. And so we were lobbying and talking to congressmen and senators and that type of thing saying, hey, wait a minute, you know, uh, we got all this edible stuff that's gonna help and people, it's a safe thing to do and people home. And so, um, we didn't know what to do and a lot of nurseries chose to close during that period of time. Well, I'm not on the essentials list so I should not be here. Well, that was a disservice to that consumer. It was certainly a disservice to that business because people did get out. It was one of the very few things that was safe to do and great for in many different aspects. Right. Um, increasing the value of your home, not even in the least types of things, right, you know, right. it's, it's a big deal. So you gotta be sensitive and, and, and try to work for it. And those, those, were, our, those were days of 15, 18 hours, mm. you know, seven days a week. You had to be able to do it because people's sentiment changed within about every 10 days. I could feel a difference. I could feel the wave change and, and we had to react and do something different. Now we should be doing that in other times too. Right. Maybe not quite so rapidly. Right. But a lot of businesses get set in their ways. This is the way we does business. This is the way we always goins to do it. And you know those people are gone. Those that choose not to evolve, choose not to exist. Absolutely. What is one thing that visioneers could do today to grow a strong and profitable business? Well, first off, you have to have the passion for it. Business is not just you sit there, you open the doors, and by golly, the people rush in. That doesn't happen. You got to be able to wear many, many hats. There's no question, you know. And this business is very diverse. Uh, for example, I got to be a plumber, so I got to take care of that pond. I got to be an electrician. Oh, wait a minute, that electrical doesn't work today. Right. Uh, but more than that, to the plants, you know, I got to know what the plant is, what this plant need is. Right. Oh, by the way, the soil's a little different. That plant needs something different. So I better know the biology there and what's going on. Oh, gee, I need to know how to trim and maintain it. I can't just whack it off to the ground. It's going to die. <laughs> And by golly, you know, things attack it. You know, you get some insects, you gotta be uh, entomologist. You gotta, oh, there's diseases. You better know something about some funguses and bacterias. And it goes on and on. And so it's a very technical field. Not all businesses are quite like that, but right. I must say that if you are in a business, you better know the aspects of it. You better know how to do it. And that I'm not telling you to do them all yourself. Right. Also, that's a recipe for failure, but you better find the people that can and better rely on them. And that's a really important thing. Sometimes you have to be your own IT tech and know when to turn the computer off. Wait a minute, there was that. Did you plug it in? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, I can't tell you how many times I've had my employees, my computer doesn't work. Uh, uh, this cord here goes in socket. <laughs> Try it. <laughs> Kid you not, it's happened. <laughs> Jerry, it's been a pleasure having you on here at Small Business Celebration. It's been a real treat and a delight, and thank you for being on. And thank you for having me. It's been a great time. So if you're in a business yourself or you're thinking about it, don't do it! No. Get the passion. Find out what you want to do. Find all the entities that need to be so that you can be successful.
Do you think you have a business that can't be sold in the age of COVID-19? How about the Noriego Hotel? Sold! How about Brits Diesel and Automotive? Sold! How about Two Fat Sandwich Franchise on Stockdale Highway? Sold! Turn your hard-earned business into gold by calling Sunbelt Business Brokers and Advisors at 661-323-2358 or visit them at their website at www.sunbeltnetwork.com forward slash bakersfield CA and don't let your business go to waste. Call Sunbelt Business Brokers and Advisors at 661-323-2358 today. Who is a visioneer? A visioneer is a small business leader who is a pioneer that has vision. A visioneer is someone willing to see the world, not as it is, but as it could be, and is willing to do something about it. A visioneer is ethical, smarter, faster, and leaner than the mainstream competition. A visioneer gives value first because visioneers are in business for the long haul. Visioneers understand the difference between saving money and earning a profit. Visioneers define their destiny. Visioneers create their own luck. Visioneers surround themselves with successful, like-minded people. Visioneers are renegades who defy the mainstream competition and are ready to change the world. Are you a visioneer? Join the Visioneer Tribe at Small Business Celebration on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram today. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you might find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. That's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. If you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to the Small Business Celebration podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. Also, if there's a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on LinkedIn and Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business. <laughs>